Hey everyone, welcome to the GIST Podcast. If you're tired of being comfortable and want to take on living life from the context of 100% fuck yeah, join us each week as we share lessons we're experiencing in this crazy game called life. We invite you to play along and get your shit together. Take responsibility for how your life is currently going and at the same time, take on new, fun, and sometimes crazy shit. We promise to challenge your thinking by being vulnerable, authentic, and straight up with what we're dealing with, what doesn't work, and what can. Be warned, this is not your grandma's podcast. We're at uh, episode 39 of the GISC podcast. Like one from 40, in case your math isn't as good as mine. (laughs) (laughs) You're not. I know, right? Hey, how was that laugh? <laughs> that, that was good. That was, it was like cool. contained, but I, I got it. Still, a uh, little inside just podcast joke there for you, <laughs> or maybe outside. So, so episode thirty nine. So we we make a quick jump when you do two podcasts in a week. It's funny how that works. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And uh, and we'll be doing another one on Saturday. It's like exponential growth. We have a really special guest today. <clears throat> Her name is Nicole Hartley Bradford. Yes. You got to get it right, right? When they use it in in whatever it is that they use, it's important. Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah. Sometimes people call me Nicole Hartford Bradley. Oh, yeah, that didn't work too well. Hartford. So, so check mark on in my corner. Well, not for like you know something went right today. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get into that later. I cannot wait to hear that foreshadowing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. something. Uh, yeah, so we have Nicole with us. She, I met her, it was happenstance, it was coincidental through LinkedIn. I guess I, I show up on, uh, on if, if, if you're looking for answers to questions, apparently I have them. Yeah, you were you were called <laughs> a local expert. They called me a local expert. I wish there Holy was video. Shit. I wish there was video. There is video. No, no. <laughs> you are an expert, dude. Well, that's debatable sometimes. At least I, internally. I, I didn't say that what. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, so we met on uh, on LinkedIn indirectly. Nicole had reached out and, and had some questions about all sorts of things and. And it actually began with, yeah, I probably am not the person to help you with some yeah, of that, that stuff. Yeah, that was your answer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're trying to be as amicable as, po- amicable as possible. And then you reframed it. And I, I actually, I wish I had the message up because it, it just goes to show you, it, not necessarily the first take at it is, is the most effective take at it. And so I'm assuming you had a look at it and going, okay, so that didn't land. Let me try it this way. And, and it only took one more. We're like, you know what? We should have a, co- a coffee and, and sit down. Yeah. And, and I just I remember switched. I looked in between. I was like, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, because I remember LinkedIn had kind of picked you for me. Right. And I was like, did I misread? And then I looked at it. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure this would be a guy who does have that so yeah it's just unwilling or something well no you're pointing to something really interesting because it only took one like one more try Mm -hmm. but like most times a lot of times people miss opportunities for that sort of 
hey, poke, and then the person's like, ah, I don't want to be poked. And then you're like, oh, okay, and then you just walk. And then you're out. It's done. But really, like, no, 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 but let me poke you this way. Like, oh, that I like. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you know, if you give up, you could give up. Like, I love hearing that because um, there's also what happens is, like, the disconnect between what was said and what was actually meant. Yeah, totally. Maybe it just didn't land. And, you know, what was the opportunity to true it up and, and come at it a different way? You have no idea what I'm dealing with in the moment. And right. all of those are variables in, inside of the equation. So, and it was really great. So we got to sit down and, and I got a bit of a download about what you're doing, what you're looking to do, some of your, some of your big goals and aspirations. And, and you're up to some, some pretty cool stuff. Uh, and not just cool stuff is like, hey, check it out. This is cool. It's they're difference makers. They they have the potential to be difference makers on uh, on uh, in areas of our lives where we we kind of run on a bit of an autopilot, if you will, or we just didn't think there was any more options there. And th- these are things that I want to kind of dig in a little bit here. And, uh, and, and hear from you, you know, what it is that you're doing. And, and Nicole is playing with us inside of the Just Life. So she sat down with us uh, last week. We had a, a bit of a powwow. There's a, uh, a group of us that have come together around this elevated idea, a platform that we're looking to build. And Nicole's like, I don't know. But I'm interested, but I'm busy and I'm interested. And she's like, you know what? I'm just gonna come anyways because there's something here. Yeah, and it worked out. Like I was free. And there so that kind of speaks a little divine intervention to me. Totally. Some serendipity yeah. kind of working. Yeah. <laughs> not so quietly. <laughs> so Nicole, um, I have not given you justice in terms of introducing you. Why don't you? you (laughs) Thank you. I felt really honored. Awesome. Well, fill in the gaps for us, if you will. Who are you? Let's start there. Well, I I mean, I'm... Can I just... You're so sweet and wonderful and quiet. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I'm just concerned. I don't know if we checked the audio, but I, I, don't, I don't know if we I think she's probably being she picked up pretty okay, well. Cool. I just wanted, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just like, yeah. your voice is so soft. It's wonderful. But I just want to make sure that, because you guys are sharing a mic. Yes, team. we are sharing a mic, which is going to change as of like <clears throat> Saturday, potentially. Ooh, exciting. Sweet. Um, yeah, so yeah. just speak so, up a little bit yeah, more. Yeah. Thank you, Vern. You got it. Yeah. Uh, and, and too, I think like you asking that just, I just, I go in and I'm like, oh, I gotta find, you know, not the however many year story. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm older than I look. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. Yeah. That's all good. Um, I think maybe in terms of what makes maybe me different from, you know, kind of general people, maybe, is that life really bumped me off to the side mm. like uh, I, I became a mom when I was really young um, accidentally you know accidentally on purpose perhaps uh-huh. I mean not mine like I didn't plan it um, and and I had been really lost in terms of what I was gonna do um, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up I, I, I kind of had a better sense of how I wanted to be but not what 
what that would translate into in terms of like uh, a living and um, how old were you when you were in that in that space I remember being uh, 17 18 at, wow. at high school and everyone else knew what they were going to do after they graduated they were yeah they, yeah, they, they sounded so confident yeah yeah I looked around and I took I took aptitude tests and they told me I should be a kindergarten music teacher or the minister of a church. Which one did you take? Well, it turns out that maybe I'm taking more than minister of the church, but with the yeah. church part but, taken but off. But in a different sure. play. Yeah, 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 for sure. In a different Not to, like that. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not to give too much away there. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, for a long time, I think I would have said I was a seeker. I was a wayfinder, way looker for-er, anyway. I'm pretty sure that's an official term. Yeah. Looker for-er. Yeah. yeah. I actually looked that up just today. Did you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> looker for-er. <laughs> 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 what the hell are you saying? Looking for I'm glad right. you found it. Right. Did you find it? Yeah. So, so it sounds like you were, like, I don't know how aware of it you were at the time, but you were kind of like, it's weird that everyone knows what's going on and I don't. Like, you were actually looking for, like, here comes a buzzword, like, the authentic, like, what you actually really want. Most of those kids were likely regurgitating what shit that what their parents told or whoever yeah. put in their head for so long or they're good at, you know, math or whatever, so they're going to be a teacher or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you were, like, really going, like, well, like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Like, what do I want to do? So Yeah. I have a distinct memory, too, of being, like, at church when I was a little girl. Pretty young, like, you know, not 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 seeing people's faces, still seeing their bellies and stuff. Mm. And um, and wondering, wondering about what it might be like to be a grown-up who, who knew what was going on in the world mm -hmm. and had become Isn't a grown-up, and I the still want that grown-up. Right. That's yeah. the great myth, then. Yeah. That is the great, that one day you'll know. The place to get to that you never, ever, mm -hmm. ever get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a really special time when you get the chance to embrace like the mountain with no top and you realize, oh, I actually don't know shit and that's not really the objective of it all, right? <laughs> to know stuff, right? It was interesting. Yeah. And, and then, you know, to make it m much more challenging because that wasn't already challenging enough to not know what you're going to do when you grow up. And I graduated with like scholarships and wow. letters and money. It's like, well, I can only spend this one place at a university. Yeah, that is a, a bit of a disconnect, yeah. but we won't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, so you were doing well in school, but it didn't turn you on. Like it wasn't yeah. Your, you didn't want to go. Yeah, because being at school turned me on. I really loved uh, finding things out and, and seeing all the other kids and um, between classes especially. I really liked recess and gym. And yeah, those were also my favorite subjects. Yeah, but I was really between classes. Which one do you like most? Yeah, the one that happens right around noon. That's, <laughs> that's my, that's my the one where we leave? That's my gig. Oh, that does remind me that... Um, there was an initiative at my high school at one point to bring in some like special stuff, not for the not for the kids who the administrators and teachers were always dealing with, but the ones that they never saw because they were not misbehaving, of which I was one. <laughs> and uh, 
And so this class got made called um, Special Studies or Extended Studies or Expanded Studies, perhaps. I can't remember quite what. And we got to choose our own subject. And I chose to study myself. Wow. Ooh. And I, I suppose they probably had no idea what to do with that. Uh, the, the teacher was pretty gracious. He was like, okay, okay, good. I wonder, how are you going to do that? And I, I said, I'm just going to look through things and see what I find that seems to me to reflect me back to myself. So I made this big collage out of news, new, uh, magazine clippings, some images, some, well, they call them vision boards now, right? That's they do. Vision boards are a thing. The trendy thing to do. And I had to present it. And I remember <clears throat> presenting it. I remember crying when I presented it. Why did you cry? I think it was because presenting it was an experience of telling the truth about myself. Mm -hmm. And I had never, I had not had a lot of experiences to do that. And it really touched me and moved me. And I think there was anger in it too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, that goes back a long time now. And then, and then I, I, I became pregnant. And how'd that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Burns. That would be another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Alright, well, kind of like. Uh, but the, you know that the not the not that part of it part that of course we all know it, is interesting yeah. to me in that. I grew up in a uh, in a <clears throat> Anglo-Saxon Protestant kind of paradigm, and mm, that must be fun. Yeah, you just didn't talk about that stuff ever, you know, and you didn't talk about crushes and boys. It was just kind of like you're. I was either too old for a boy or too young for a boyfriend, or not married yet. No, no, right. Those are the only two conversations oh, that really were. God. I and, I know that. I'm familiar with that. And then when it came to what they taught you at school about the, you know, the mechanics of it all, it was so unsatisfying. Totally. So, well, you know, well, hold on, a second. <laughs> hold on a second. It's pretty clear that that's the way it should go. Because, I mean, if you look at the statistics, obviously, like, marriage and monogamy is pretty, a pretty sure bet, no? And then, you know, any... I think I had just a, enough restraint in my conditioning to hold me back from some things, but not enough to hold me back from other things. Sure, yeah. So, you know, I just I just needed a course of self-study. I'm going to go figure this out myself. Anyone interested in, oh, yeah, there's a fair bit of interest. Uh, apparently there's a lineup. A fair bit, yeah. <laughs> there was a fair bit of interest. Yeah, because you are not the only one grappling with this right. thing that is completely unresolved for most young people. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's all kept to behind this veil too, um, and you know when I became pregnant, I, I was actually pretty relieved. I was done school. I was I had started living in the working world. I'd had some experience. You know, I thought I had quite a lot of experience. But yeah, you had it all figured <laughs> out, man. Yeah, yeah. I got this shit. But except that I knew that I didn't have it figured out. Right. But becoming pregnant. It, it was like it was like my occupation had been granted. No, the answer was the question was answered. It was. What do you want to do with your life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. And then there's that part where nobody pays you to be a mother. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard it's about a $90,000 a year job. There's an, there's an app actually that you can calculate what you would have earned if you had actually been doing all those tasks for money as a professional. It, it's pretty huge because it, it's an interesting conversation when I talk to clients. Like they sometimes they don't actually consider like whoever the person is that stays home. Well, generally, or maybe works less or makes less money. Let's say there's one half or whatever someone staying home with the kids. Right. They're like, well, why do they need life insurance? Why do they need oh. this stuff? And I'm like, well, are you going to go to work and bounce babies on your knee at the same time if, God forbid, your wife or husband becomes an angel? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, <laughs> right? So it's, you know, something something has to be done about that. And there's that part, too, where, where you know, some people are, are, are better at certain jobs. If they have more aptitude or capacity for certain kinds of interactions. And, and you know, I don't, the app didn't really that I used didn't really take into account, you know, at what level you were doing the work. You know, it said, <laughs> there's you hours yeah. of counseling, of course. Yeah. And, yeah. And were you a, were you a, a bronze kind of yeah. Yeah. counselor or were you golden? <laughs> and we all know you pay way more for a golden kind of, of therapist. And it's really gold, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like changing diapers. Like I didn't really, I did it, but I mostly let them do it. Mm-hmm. I just give the diaper to the kid and see if they can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> just let them do it. Burn. Figure it out. What are you doing, man? Yeah. <clears throat> it's and as a person who was really always engaged with whatever I was doing, I became very engaged with mothering and, That's awesome. and pregnancy and childbirth. I gave birth to all four of my kids. I eventually had four at home with midwives. Um, in some cases, before the before it was a thing that you could do legally and so yeah so you are a, a, you, you are a rebel at your core mm-hmm. yeah you're like fuck it I'm doing it my way mm-hmm. rebel maker yeah and and people said things like oh my god you're so brave to give birth at home with your first child and it's like I think it would take me a lot more of what I think of as bravery to go into a hospital building where there's where there's strangers who have like status over me and and do something so personal that's really, you know, not something that anyone's ever watched, let alone I've never done it the first time yet. Mm-hmm. And I felt safer at home and I knew that in order to give birth safely, I needed to I needed to be at ease. I needed to be able to open and relax and let life have me and 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 that's been my guiding principles all along is what is more connective what is more safe what is more natural like nature's my god as your as your compass because because you gotta wonder i love what you're saying because you gotta wonder like the person or the people that say to us like oh my gosh you're so brave for whatever that thing is you got to wonder, like, from where that's being derived inside mm-hmm. of them. Like, what what drove them to say that? Yeah. Is it just a social norm? Yeah. Or do they really, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, no, your perspective totally makes sense to me. Like, why would I go to a hospital? That's terrifying. <laughs> right? And you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's interesting. So, like, in terms of, like, labels that I might use to refer to myself, one of them is rewilder. I, I love that term. I use just so juicy to become wild again. I love again. that term. <laughs> yeah, I love that term yeah, too. Yeah, I do. The juice or juicy? It's juicy. Yeah. 
Uh, just like want to bite it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, let it, ju- <laughs> let it just dribble down your yeah. elbow. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of that because getting my beard and shit, but yeah. fucking bite it. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm trying my best to be as PG as possible right now. I'm just going to shut up. That's probably for the best, for Yeah, me. most likely. But they do know that this is not their grandma's podcast. <laughs> That's true. It's all good. But then again, my grandma was pretty hardcore and pretty raw, so oh, lucky. maybe some grandmas will enjoy the Just Podcast. I know there are some grandmas that would enjoy this podcast. Mine wouldn't, <laughs> but there would definitely be some out there that <laughs> yeah, would. Yeah. <laughs> they might not even understand what the hell I'm talking about, actually. Right. The one that's alive, anyway. She'd be like, what is he saying again? I don't, I don't really get understand. it. And why does he keep using that word? <laughs> you know the word the word <laughs> what word the F word oh that word yeah. yeah yeah the word my mom said that to me oh I listened to your podcast I'm like well that's great mom did you enjoy it man you swear a lot <laughs> <laughs> surprise I was like yeah I do that's me welcome <laughs> it's expressive not man. to derail yeah so so you are a what's the the term again that you created Rewilder? A rewilder. Rewilder. I love that. I didn't create it. I actually got it from someone. How cool is that? That's, I mean, there are rewilders out there, clearly. But that that resonated with you because it's, at your core, it is what you believe will really make the difference for you. Mm -hmm. To to trailblaze, like really, to trailblaze something foreign excites you. Yeah. Is necessary. Without it, there'd be something missing. Yeah. This is this is what has you do all the things that you're doing, despite probably all the other comments and concerns and considerations from others around you being like, really, are you sure? Like, but yet you keep going. Yeah, and I, I keep going. I know exactly why I keep going, and it's because the feelings, all of those, like gray, dark, dank, awful feelings that that weighed me down and filled me up and overcame me when I was doing my darndest to be like the urban housewife stay-at-home yeah, mom wasn't wasn't getting you know not the money but not even the appreciation not the connection not the holding myself another word that I like to use is villager um, which for me is beyond community builder you know like people sit are really into community lately hey and I'm like, you know, in community, you still don't really know each other. You it's pretty big. Really yeah. Community can be a it's, bit yeah. impersonal. Yeah, can be like, oh, here's the community center. And, and nobody talks to each other, and everybody's like trying to avoid each other. Well, I think that's because people don't actually know what a community is. They don't know how to operate mm-hmm. it right? yeah. as a function. And so we call that community, and mm-hmm. I, I just really needed another word. Mm-hmm. And, and village, like, I, I, I could... If I had like a penny for every time I thought that phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm. How many times I thought that while it was a single mom, while I was a married mom, while I was a divorced mom, while I was especially any kind of mom, how, how bereft our lives were because there wasn't a village. And that deep, deep longing for a village um, not just to raise a child, but to, like, initiate a teenager also into a juicy adulthood. Mm-hmm. And then to honor elders, too, which this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately um, since 
this man, Stephen Jenkins, came into my world. He's a he's an older man who's who's got this orphan wisdom school, it's called, and he talks about how we're starved, we're a culture that's starving for elders. Mm. Or, or society that's starving so badly for elders that we can't really call ourselves a culture. Mm. And it's fabricated. All of our culture is has got a, an expiration date, actually. Yeah, yeah, and a, and if that date value just goes out the window, it is a lot like an expiration date. He called he called dying. Like say, people aren't even dying anymore; they're expiring. They're not dying. Mm. Dying oh is my a god, terrible. that sounds horrible. That's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he had this really cool take on beauty, and how our our ideas about beauty have currently have to do with youth and have to do with vitality, um, but but real beauty isn't real beauty about life making marks on you and and isn't wouldn't human beauty be wouldn't it make more sense for it to be the lines and the stretch marks and the scars and the you know you bring up in a really interesting point. We are. We have this billion-dollar industry born out of going into the bushes to appreciate the beauty, the raw, rustic, by the fire, no electricity, no no sewage. Now we go there and we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to to have the the tools and the equipment to experience beauty, and then we come back to a world where clinical. So white walls, no blemish, perfect. How many of us would 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 pick like it's 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 a rhetorical question because a hundred percent of us would pick the outdoor by the by the lakes mountains in the in the forefront over a a doctor's room mm. that's clinically sterile sterile and perfect and you know just the way it needs to be. We yeah. would not go there, but. To your point, that is what we are aspiring to to have is the perfection, and it's it's bullshit. <clears throat> and what is that? Like uh, this is a little bit off the path here, but it, it this is reminding me of the post I saw last night on Facebook, and it was of these quote unquote plus sized models on the runway. And we're talking about like fucking gorgeous women, like beautiful. I'm just like, holy fuck! Like, give me that all day long. Like, no offense, but I mean, the model of what is like the modeling industry or fashion. I mean, God bless those women working hard to get out there and you know do that and famous in their own right and all that stuff. But to me, at least, and I'm and and ask David, I have a pretty wide scope Mm -hmm. when it comes to the opposite sex. Definitely non-prejudiced. The the mod the traditional model type is not something I'm attracted to at all but I get that that's just the fashion world so I was like trying to figure out I was like man I really feel like sharing this post but I don't think I could share it and say anything meaningful it would probably be really like it would occur as misogynistic or something right like Um, you know what I mean I didn't know how to share it and and share like the um what's the word I'm looking for like the appreciation I had for it but also the fact that I think it's completely ridiculous that our society is set up such that that's a big deal. Like there's, yeah. there's quote unquote plus size women who were, in my opinion, not like there's some that were larger than the others or whatever. They just weren't models. They weren't, you know, 110 pounds type of thing. They were like 
I would say regular looking people and they were all beautiful, but I didn't know how to share it in a way that would actually have an impact. So I just left it. But I, do you know what I mean? I think that kind of speaks a little bit to what we're talking about is like the image of what beauty is or how things should be, or, you know, people getting criticized for looking a certain way and like really in public wearing certain clothes and people like judging them for that. It's Mm -hmm. like, look, if they feel comfortable and they're self-expressed, then you don't actually don't have to look like, you know, and it's like that kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, clothes is, I, I imagine a world where, where every day is kind of like last Sunday at Pride Parade, where people are just decked out, you know, they're just wearing what they, what expresses them that day, and it could be something completely different tomorrow, but if you, could you imagine standing on the corner of a city and looking around and seeing people wearing, like, almost like, not like Halloween costumes, but but a version of well, a, that's what we might call a costume, yeah. right? But that just that just went went far beyond the the pants and shirts and skirts and you, you know what? It's not even the person who's dressed like that. It's for people to be able to be with that. Yeah. That's what that's where that's, the juice that's is. That's the big mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? That's the opportunity. Oh, that's what it's all about. To be able to stand there and go, yeah, like, good for you, man. You, right? I'm gonna go on the change. Totally. As a matter of fact, one sec. Did you see that guy? <laughs> did you see that guy in the pink leotard? Like, yeah, like, he looked pretty happy. So I'm kind of jealous <laughs> yeah. of him. Actually, I'm, I feel pretty hot in a suit and tie. Um, do you know? Or do you listen to or heard of Dan Savage? Oh, I read about it. He, uh, he's, he he's had an advice column in, I can't remember where, like in a paper since mm-hmm. like the early 90s or mid 90s. He's an uh, activist, um, LGBT rights and all, all that sort of stuff. And he has a, uh, an advice podcast dominated by like sex talk and that kind of stuff. He often talks a lot about like sexting mm-hmm. because he'll give advice about things like that. Like, you, got, you know, be careful. Like, and just get that if you send somebody a photo of yourself, he's like, I think a lot of us are doing it. And it's like our fun, dirty little secret and all that. But he was also talking about, like, uh, there was a lawyer he had on his show, and she basically created her own practice because she's a specialist in revenge porn. Like, that's a thing now. It's wow. really weird. But what, what's, what's yeah, like, literally, it's really weird. But um, what's interesting about it is in a bunch of states and probably prices in Canada, there's like really no law against it. Huh. So there's only like, I think it was like 31 maybe states that there's an actual legislation like around it. It's really weird and interesting. So that's why this lady's taking this on. But anyway, I digress. What he was talking about is kind of a joke is he's like, you know, I think we should all just start taking pictures of ourselves. And like one day he goes, my hope is that everybody will have some shit out there somewhere so that it's not a big deal anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I get like, okay, these are my parts and stuff and all that. But like, we make such a big deal out of everything. And then meanwhile, I'm sexting someone over here, but then I'm judging you because you got busted for it. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. And that's really is what's going on all over the place with a ton of things, especially gay rights and all that. You find out that these people who are lobbying against gay rights, while they've got some kind of really perverse homosexual shit going on, that's like illegal. You know, like you find that stuff out and it's just like, dude, it's so weird that people don't know how to, we don't even know how to deal with our own shit and we can't be okay with the things that are in the public eye quote unquote not okay and you know what underneath it all i think is our connections to how we actually feel how we really actually feel and i'm fascinated by the nervous system really Mm -hmm. so here's the part of ourselves that when it gets overwhelmed 
it it either shuts down, freeze, or it fights to get somewhere safer, or it runs away to get somewhere safer. And during our, our formative years, all this is happening to us because we, we just don't have the maturity yet to be the ones who are creating our own safety for ourselves. But once we're grown-ups, we kind of should, you know, we should, we should have each of ourselves safety locked down, right? Except we don't. Or we do on a physical level, but on an emotional level. That's where it waffles. And we'll still get aggressive or avoidant or just numb. And, and I think that a big part of that is because that when we had feelings and emotions started running when we were kids, we were shamed out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got these like, like frozen layers of emotion and a lack of ability to know what to do and how to be and how to talk and what to say and how to navigate when there are strong emotions. Everyone's just kind of categorically afraid of them, categorically shutting them down. And, and, and so life can't mark us. Or it, <clears throat> it has a way of manifesting or expressing in a different way. Oh, yeah. It like, sneaks out. I totally right? Pressure get, release valves. For, <laughs> for me or for men, or men in particular, in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. it's like every emotion, especially things like anything that makes you feel vulnerable, sadness or whatever, loss, it shows up as anger. Most emotions for men turn into anger because we don't know how to deal with it and we weren't taught to deal with it. It's all that suck it up, deal with it stuff. Yeah. So that's why, well, the easiest thing to do is go to anger because mm-hmm. it's a rage. It's a good way to. Yeah, and rage, it's still, it still maintains an illusion of strength exactly. and power and status. Yeah. Yeah. So, given you're exploring this and having explored this, what what has come out as as an access as as a tool for yourself? Because you've you've been grappling with this, not to and unsatisfied with how you've been grappling with it, or how maybe others have coached you, taught you, mentored you into grappling with it. It's like there's something missing. Mm-hmm. So, for those listening, what what are what are some of those things that you discovered along the way that really made the difference? Oh, thank you so much for that question. I mean, if I have anything now, it's a kind of virtual toolkit of, uh, and I don't mean digital, I mean like a, an energetic, practical toolkit that I've accumulated over the years. And, and that's, that's my wealth, really. I have certain esoteric practices that I learned as either, I, I had a, I had a, um, chapter of my life where I was super deeply involved with a yoga and meditation healing center. And some of the practices I still use on a daily basis. And then moving on from that, there were, there were kind of some dovetails between what I learned there during my yogic years and what I had learned previously that had to do with, you know, being left to my own devices and figuring it out mm-hmm. like accidentally. And that was um, emoting in a safe and protected way. And, what is and emoting? Oh, I'm glad we said that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
like for me, it's it's what you do when you're not holding it in anymore, mm. uh, and especially when it's built up, say over around a loss, a, a significant loss. Um, my dad died when I was in my early twenties. Um, after my eldest son had been born, before my younger son had been born, and that was a super intense, very scary time for me. And my dad had been the hub of my world. Like mm-hmm. he had been the anchor for my, any confidence I had was anchored in him. And losing him was devastating. But it took me a number of years before I actually grieved. Mm. Like, and I'm talking, I'm not just saying, oh, I faced his death and thought about it. No, no, no. I'm talking until I had it rip out of my throat and had it sound like sirens wailing across the sky and and to have that emotional release which which you know surprised me by only taking about maybe 11 or 12 minutes Mm -hmm. from like from like tidal wave rupture to and I in this experience I got really curious about it and I kind of watched myself cry Cry is not a good word for it. It was more like keen, like ah, I sounded like I just made these sounds, and I was so curious to about them that and what would happen if I just let it run its course, that that it did, and it I became spent. My grief was spent, and in its place was something brand new, mm. and the thoughts had been, I'll never see him again. I'll never be loved like that again. He'll never know. My children will never know his essence. And then all I had was like, he didn't go anywhere. His essence is, was so intense in the room that I was seeing gold, like the air was gold. And, and so that experience, which then I kind of forgot and kind of had to have again before I was really like, that's a thing. It's a thing I can do. I can foster and, and encourage in myself in order that I don't walk around with all this pressure that's then sparking off in different directions and landing on people and hurting them. Manifesting into illness and yeah. all of those things that we wonder where they come from. As a surprise, yeah. it occurs a surprise. Yeah. And I'm so convinced that that is the case. <clears throat> that that these, these emotions unexpressed by way of the nervous system and 100%. its relationship with the endocrine system especially it's actually well documented that that's a it is thing. and there's <laughs> there's like, like flooding science coming out mm-hmm. so that's emoting emoting all right so we're talking about yeah we're talking yeah. about tools that that you carry yeah. around with you yeah and then these esoteric kind of they you know it's like their breaths and their their awareness exercises they're they're like they're like lifting a barbell, but instead I'm focusing my energy and following different kind of contours of my physiology, maybe. Yeah, I totally. No, I love that. I, I love what you're saying, and, and also like the overarching thing is like you talked about being a seeker and kind of examining, and also like this is all awareness. Yeah. And you're also like brave because you're not afraid to examine like what's going on. Yeah. Check the, the dark corners that yeah. we would normally be like, I ain't checking there. Well, that's like, that is where the value is, right? Like that's where you get the breakthroughs and even that, even that grieving, like you realize, Oh, wait a minute. I don't, maybe I didn't actually lose anything. Right. Yeah. And, and I couldn't, have had that thought. Right. <laughs> Until after I grieved. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And then the other tool that, that 
is, is a pretty recent one for me, is a literacy tool. Mm. And it's all about putting words, <laughs> words to the language that goes with the feelings. And then this revelation that came my way that had been building over the eons of my existence that feelings and emotions come about as a result of precious needs, longings, values, and desires being insufficiently met. And that's all they are. Wow. That's it. So if you can kind of go, oh, feelings, trace that back mm -hmm. to the unfulfilled need, get that need met, good to go. Wow, that's deep. That That's like so deep, but so... Simple, So right? simple. Yeah. However, not easy. <laughs> Throw that caveat yeah. in there. Yeah. I'm just saying coming for, up against all the conditioning yeah. and all the webbiness. And, 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 you're, and you're conditioned to actually to avoid that thing, too. Yeah. Like, oh gosh, sadness and grief or whatever it is. Oh, I gotta go away, I gotta go away. It's so... I... I yeah, man, I, I get that. Every time my little boy... And, and it's... The, the break between my little girl and my little boy is mm -hmm. so... They're so different. The parallels are so stark, one side to the other. My little girl, I'll give her space to be able to ex express her emotions. And my little boy, I'm a lot better now because I'm aware of it. But there is a part of me that's like wanting to shut it down. Wow. Like just shut it down. Oh, thank you for admitting that. Well, I, I notice it. And then I notice yeah. the, the disservice that I that I'm giving to my, mm -hmm. my boy. And yet, how can you not, right? Because that's, that's what you grew up that's with. That's all that I you're ever You're imprinted yeah. with those tendencies. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> dads, if you're listening, it might be time to examine some of the conversations we're having with our sons. Yeah, how, how strong-armed are you in, in killing the emotion that is getting expressed and is completely valid and necessary However big or small you might determine to mm -hmm. determine it to be, mm -hmm. is irrelevant. And, and is it is it is it your just like who are you making that about? Yeah. Oh, and it's all about you, right? Your kid's yeah. getting emotional. Your son's getting emotional, and you're trying to shut it down. Who who are we making that about? Yeah, obviously yeah. it's my discomfort. I can't deal with absolutely that. So and I'll I, just. Right? I love that because what to me what you're pointing to is mm -hmm. that it's not actually about the interact interaction between the father and son or yeah. your daughter anybody anybody and a kid and mm -hmm. anybody who's maybe like more in a vulnerable side of the the relationship kind of mm -hmm. um, parent like power differential that that really the work to do is with that part of me inside me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is it inside of that experience, that thing that happened in the moment that had me dr get triggered by it? Yeah, that why, pulled me back. Why did I get triggered by it? Why am I trying to kill that emotion on mm. on his side? Uh, yeah, it's it's super fascinating, and I see it happening all the time. I'm a, a lot better than I was before. Yesterday, we went to the doctors. They had uh, a couple warts removed so they got them freeze yeah and that's not an, a very pleasant experience right and and i there will always be a part of me i cannot deny it there will always be a part of me that that has them not stay there too long because i also know that that does not serve you 
to be inside of your, the reaction of the emotion, the fear of the emotion too long. But there's a balance at play. And so allowing my, my both of them, my little girl and my little boy, to just be with their emotion mm -hmm. in the moment when it was painful and, and me being there for them. Yeah. Like they're reaching out and they're, and they're asking for support. Yeah. And I could say, you deal with it and you're good. You can do this. I've got confidence in you, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what they're looking for. And so in just being there like physically so that they know that they have the assurance, the reassurance that, that they, that they're not dealing with this alone. Yeah. And, I, and that was easy for me yesterday. And there were times before where I would just shut that fucker down. Like there was just no way it was happening. And I get that that does not serve our next generations. They, they are grappling, we are grappling with so much mental turmoil. I don't want to call it illness. It's a turmoil. It's, it's, an, it's a confusion. It's, a, it's an unknowing um, that turns into an illness, but at, at the early stages, it's, it's something that can be powerfully taken on and embraced and supported and dealt with, right? Like all of that. Um, so are there any other tools then that, that you would like to share or can we explore a little bit about what you're up to now? Yeah, all of all those three tools, the esoteric exercises, the, the emoting and expressing, um, that comes through voice and also movement. And then the literacy tools, the nonviolent communication is kind of the, the term that got coined. And mm -hmm. um, the specific tool I, I love to use from that are these cards called the Love Smart cards. And and they they all kind of get wrapped up in in what I what I'd call like space holding teachings, like mm. good things to know in order to use these tools well. Um, first on oneself, I think it's so important to emphasize that over and over. First, hold space for yourself. First, learn how to hold space for yourself and allow yourself to heal. This is all about healing mechanisms kicking in. Natural healing mechanisms. Getting a chance to finish processing that emotional trauma that occurred. So understanding the nervous system is a big part of it. Having, I have some metaphors that I love that just kind of demonstrate, you know, when you get jacked up and then you don't get space holding adequate to the safety that it takes to let yourself be so vulnerable that you would cry and cry and cry and, you know, someone's got to stand by or not, or you've got to be in like Fort Knox or whatever and you know that you're not going to get interfered with while you're so vulnerable. Just... Yeah, there, there are different little pieces that come into it. And then that's more on an individual level. And then between two people, too, there are a whole other set of tools and skills. Um, a lot of them are just sentence stems. Like, like what you said about my friend having a, a thing to say, you know, checking that, that I'd felt that I'd had enough self-expression with him that day. Um, sentence stems that we can use to get at what's really real in our in our in our relationship whatever it is give me some examples of sentence stems because i have not heard of this term before have you heard of this before yeah, just kind of beginnings of sentences where the next the next part is fill in the blank you know like like um like tell me what you know about something okay like tell you tell me instead of saying what are you doing today what are your plans 
say, tell me what you know about your plans today. Because that makes it possible for there to be room about what's known and what's not known. Yeah, to not have the right answer. It's okay to not have the right answer. I actually almost heard like a, or almost felt really, like a different type of response. Yeah, it calls out a different response, doesn't it? And I think it calls out more of a multi-dimensional response. Yeah, and I like what you said too, David, about like it actually creates space like I don't have to give you some elaborate answer now about how. But I got it all. Yeah, like how structured and 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 fucking on the ball my day is today. I can yeah. actually be like, yeah, well, you know, here's the things I know, mm-hmm. and I got to pick up my son, and I, I got to do this, and I got to do that, and yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I, can you? Uh, and I have no idea where we are with time. We'll, but we'll probably give it another ten minutes or so. Can, can you give us like a overview, like high level, because you had mentioned non nonviolent uh, communication. Mm-hmm. And I don't think very, and I'm certainly not an expert in it, yeah. but I don't think very many people have really even scratched the surface of that and mm. have any idea what type of benefit or value could come yeah. from Yeah, let's see how I do. So the person who coined that term, his name is Marshall Rosenberg, and he's passed away now, but he devoted a, a significant number of decades to the development of this idea of nonviolent communication, which all is, again, all based on the, the premise that anything humans do is an effort to get precious needs met. So instead of fighting them, or arguing with them, or countering them, or calling them out, or putting or, them down. Or maybe they're making them wrong. Yeah, we can get curious, and we can find out what's motivating them, and then work with them to get those needs met. I'm like, wow, there you go, a little piece right there. Right. But, <laughs> except that, and what became just so clear to me recently is that it's really hard for me to get curious about what someone else's needs are when my needs are all screaming at me. And then they're not being met. Yeah. Oh, man. How do you do that? <sighs> well, what is that magic formula that has me be genuinely curious and open and, and willing to set all of my concerns and considerations aside because... I mentioned it earlier, I got a lot of things that weren't fucking working well for me today, yet, here I am, genuinely curious about you and, and what you're up to. What what does it take to have that happen more often? And my answer for me is to get that pile as small as possible by my own autonomy. To, to be so responsible for my own needs and so clear about what they are and so uh, not so unwilling to hand them over to someone else to take care of that I can have such a, as small as possible a pile of needs outstanding so that, you know, maybe they're not all met. Maybe one day they could be. Can you, like, does that like, boggle your mind? You're like, what if in a moment every single need I could have is met? <clears throat> That's Hello? Jesus there, right? I mean, minus the crucifying part. <laughs> I, I love what you said about taking responsibility. I think that gets tossed around too. Like, oh, I take 100% responsibility mm-hmm. for the results in my life. Like, I think that totally gets tossed around a yeah. lot. And I don't think people really do the work yeah. to really examine, like, how they could go about being accountable for whatever, like a need, for example. And, and now it's almost like you set yourself up so that any thing else that you get from other people or other places 
that serve a need that you have, it's like now you have like this abundant it's overflow. Like, oh, yeah, right? You're yeah. like, oh crap, I can tap and into I'm, that later when I might need it, right? And I have still got a long way to go too. Oh, for it's sure. So long to go. Um Well you're still living, aren't you? Well, yeah. 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 I, I have this fantasy. I hope so. Now. Who's here? <laughs> what is that? Weird. Who's here? Yeah. And I think, I think that, like, you nailed it with that responsibility thing. And I, I think of that, you know, that audience where it's like, when you're pointing a finger at someone, there's three yeah, fingers yeah. pointing back at you. And yeah. I really take that. It's taken me a long mm-hmm. time to actually really own my own needs. That's why I point like this to people. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is your deal, Bob. Open all of it. It's like the Jedi. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, I love that. Uh, you're, you're just, you're, you're saying so many things that are really key. Mm-hmm. And there's like, you could, we could probably do like 10 spinoff podcasts about a lot of things that you're talking yeah, about yeah. here. Because there's a lot of things I think that people might listen to and could completely go over their head without a little bit more context. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to like listening to the podcast again, and maybe we could even touch base on some of that stuff on Saturday. Well, and, and here's, here is my next question instead of wrapping this up. You decided to uh, jump in the pool with us and play a little bit. Mm-hmm. What... What is it that you want to be able to leverage and, and take advantage of and, and be a contribution to inside of what we're up to here? Oh, okay. I'm just going to roll with this. Um, having more people to play with. Mm. That's fun for me. I'm down. Um, I, <laughs> Sorry. I can't help it. I can't help it. I, still, help it. <laughs> I still, you know, after being bumped off the status quo road, into life as a single mom and then a married mom, but still a, a mom who wasn't who wasn't earning. Um, I still have yet to find a way to make a, a living. I mean, that's you know, I gotta sustainable. I gotta living. stop saying that. Yeah, a a, a well greased living. You know, right. like I'm often running on empty. I I can drive on fumes for a long time. Wow, who knew? You figured it out. Yeah, I do that with my my wife and I will be driving from time to time. We'll be like in South Calgary. She's like, oh, the light just came on. Should I stop for gas? I'm like, we're gay. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Like, on the edge. That's how we get yeah. crazy in our... In what our, if we ran out of gas on the highway? You know, when it comes when it comes to that whole question of what might be possible when our wounds are healed and when our maturity is really, like, taken, taken us and made us magnificent, the magnificent creatures that clearly were designed to be um and then we get together and create together like i just i it just is a no-brainer to me that we would so easily and quickly and readily disassemble all of the obstructions to to free-flowing rich deeply satisfying lives and it just something about the way you expressed um either on your LinkedIn page or then in the links that I then went to, which I don't even remember. But yeah, something in that uh, caught my attention. There's a level of bravery in it. There's a level of going out further, uh, questioning into those dark corners and that deeper place in each of us. 
um, allowing for more possibilities. Mm. And that, that expansiveness, I think, is what I'm right. here for, to participate in that for, for my good and for the good of others. Yeah. It That's sounds awesome. like you're just really enrolled in what we're up to and wanting to play and, and have that develop. And I think it'll become more clear. It's <clears throat> I almost feel like you could take on a role. I don't know where it fits inside the gist life and how it looks, but you have this way of expressing uh, just the, the, the raw greatness that people are. And, and you've done a ton of work in that area for yourself and a ton of exploring. So I might say this wrong, but you're like a Sherpa. Sherpa. Holds a lot of weight for people. Sherpa. Uh, and to, to show somebody, I think that you can actually have people discover for themselves just how extraordinary they, they are. Yeah, I love right. the idea of kind of, of, of being alongside people and finding out what it is they they dream of what it is they fear, what it is they think they need to overcome, and and being like, okay, let's let's see what happens if we do some things, and what might make sense to try, and and just yeah, like and do it. Like I I could just or you know I could just be happy being like a pair of earrings in everyone's ears that's saying you're awesome, you're amazing. <laughs> Those, that's that's upcoming swag for the gist. Yeah, without a doubt, they're going to be called awesome earrings. Totally, <laughs> and they just tell you how awesome. They'll whisper is. sweet nothings <laughs> to your ear. That is so great, and, and thank you so much, Nicole, for uh, for coming and and for playing and and for for just stepping into the unknown, because you had a suspicion, you had an idea. There, there was a a maybe, a, a what if, and this is what I love about what we get to create is more people uh, are more willing to just step off the edge mm -hmm. and be actually really excited about stepping off the edge mm -hmm. and creating what they get to step on next. Mm -hmm. uh, so th thank you for, for playing and, and I really look forward to seeing what gets created. Uh, you, to, to Vern's point, you have a, uh, a really great perspective um, and a really great uh, lens on, in which people can look through and see what's there for themselves. Where we would normally not know where to look, you provide places to look, yeah. which is really great mm -hmm. because we are really unsure of where to look. We don't know where to look. So I'm excited about that piece. I'm excited about the, the opportunity that that gets to be created here mm -hmm. in, in, in more places to look and explore. Not like uncomfortable, scary, but, but exciting, promising, uh, that healthy anxiety. We've talked about this healthy anxiety thing on the podcast numerous times. It is that butterfly feeling in your stomach where you are doing something and you have uncertainty in doing it and taking it on, yet you step forward anyways. Mm. I want more of that in my life, without yeah. a doubt. I do not want, and I want to be more mindful of, the things that have me not inside of healthy anxiety. Yeah. There's a different, there's a distinction there that I'm getting clearer on, and a lot of times I'm still not, I thought it was, and it's like, no, no, it wasn't. But I'm willing to step off the edge and, and see and test because it's different for everybody. Yeah. So 
thank you for that. And thank you for, for uh, chatting with us on the podcast today. Well, you're so welcome. And thank you for asking the kinds of questions that are just so rich that they, they draw a rich response. Super appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Well, Keep doing a little more of that. So this was episode 39 of the GIST podcast on a Thursday evening, which will be a, uh, an ongoing occurrence. We plan to do a, a podcast or, or something on Thursday nights. There's a few of us uh, kind of in the, uh, in the ranks now that are, are curious and exploring and want to want to play and create. And then there is our, our Saturday morning podcast. We'll still be on schedule and as lived in the moment. <laughs> Vern, uh, <laughs> do you want to say something to close up? I just know. I first of all, I love. I don't think we made it up, but the cast lived. I love that. And also, you actually coined that phrase, did I? Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I just love that. Uh, it speaks to me. But um, I just, I just think it's funny because that's how my brain works. I'm like, yeah, that actually just means we don't plan anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true. Well, you don't plan anything. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I just had to say that. That was funny. Awesome. Well, then that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great wonderful, fabulous evening. We'll talk to you later. It's my sound exit.